0: chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, and we're just going to read one verse and get right into the message this morning. Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to look at verse 5. Hebrews eleven 5. Let's all stand together if you would. And let's read the verse together out loud and in unison. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible this morning, please allow them to look on with you. Let's read it together. Hebrews 11, verse 5. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we pray your blessings upon this time in your word. We ask God that the word of God would have free course in this place th- this morning. We ask the Lord that our hearts would be open and that the spirit of God would have freedom in, in, in our hearts and in this place. We ask God that you would speak to us this morning, show us, Some things that will help us to have a closer and a better relationship with you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The verse, once again, just says, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And of course, Enoch is a type or a picture of what we're looking forward to. The blessed hope when the Lord Jesus Christ comes and and calls uh, the dead in Christ up first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds. And so, so will we ever be with the Lord. And uh, uh, Enoch is a, is a picture or a type of that. Uh, simply uh, speaking, it says that uh, he, he was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. Uh, he had just taken him up, and that's what's going to happen to us someday. But the reason why that he translated him, I thought, was, was interesting, because at the end of the verse, it says, uh, for before his translation, he had this testimony, that he pleased God. You know, if you think about it, that is the greatest thing that God could ever say about us. That is the greatest goal that we could ever achieve in the Christian life. It's not, you know, how many people you lead to Christ, and it's not how many times you've read through the Bible, and it's not uh, what great feats that you've done for God, though all those things may be true. Uh, The bottom line is, how pleasing are we? You know, how pleasing are we to God? And it says that he had this testimony before his translation, that he pleased God. You know, that needs to be the highest priority that we have. It's good to have goals in our lives. It's good to have have things that we shoot for. It's it's good to have desires that will honor and glorify God. But the greatest desire that we can have is just to please him. And that that ought to be our goal Every day when we roll out of bed, every day when we get ready to go on out and tackle the world and whatever it is that we do uh, that God has for us, our top desire ought to be that we please God. And that's why we were placed here. We were the, reason, the whole reason why you and I exist today is we exist for his pleasure. And so the thing that we ought to have at the top of our list is to, to please him. You know, the, the sad thing is, we were, we were reading this morning about uh, in, in adult Sunday school about Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Demas uh, at one time was really serving God, and we all know people that at one time were serving God had a fervent heart, and then all of a sudden something changed. Well, what happened with Demas was it says he loved this present world. Well, well what does that tell you? That tells you his love for God diminished, and his love for the world increased. Uh, What he started to do was he started to look for ways he could please the world instead of looking for ways that he could please God. Uh, When you really love someone like you're supposed to, uh, one of the desires that you have is to please them and to, to be a blessing to them. When, when, you want, uh, when you want to please somebody, you need to find out what they like and what they dislike. Um, you know, when um, I, look, I look back uh, on my relationship with my wife and I, and when, when we first started going out, I don't remember if it was when we first started going out or it was after we, we got married, but... Um, uh, I, I was raised in a home that was uh, uh, pretty standard, and uh, so we did standard kind of stuff. My dad was, was just a standard kind of fella. And uh, one of the things that, that he had, in fact, we didn't have much, I, I don't know that I had any uh, as, a, as a young man, uh, there wasn't much cologne, and if I was going to use cologne or aftershave, I'd have to grab my dad's. Well... My dad used Old Spice. I mean, that's just what you did back then, okay? Uh, Old Spice was the standard. And uh, I don't, I, again, I don't remember the details. My wife could probably fill you in on that. She's a detailed person, not me. But uh, there came a point where she, she, she made it very clear to me. She said, uh, I don't like Old Spice cologne. And I said, oh. Well, why is that? Well, she had a bad experience. There was a guy that she went to school with that I think was a little sweet on her, and he didn't like to take baths, but he liked to use a lot of Old Spice. So, needless to say, uh, you know, Stetson became my brand because Old Spice was not the, the one that you were going to use. Uh, but you know what? I, I wouldn't, in all the years that we've been married, I've never one time even looked at uh, you know, Old Spice, even deodorant. And one time we, I, you know, I, I can't remember if somebody gave it to me or what, but uh, I don't know if they were hinting or what they were doing. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, uh, I had the opportunity to buy some or get some Old Spice deodorant and use it. And I said, no, no, I can't use that because that would not please my wife. And so it's important in order for us To please God, to know what is it that pleases him? What is it that he desires? And we're we're just going to look, this is a simple message this morning. We're just going to look at at three things that please the Lord. And these are three things. If you do any of these three things, I will just absolutely guarantee you that you put a smile on on God's face and you'll please him. First one, we just read, we just read, Uh, Hebrews 11, verse 5. Drop down to Hebrews 11, verse 6. After Talking about Enoch and talking about that Enoch pleased God, verse 6 he says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of, of them that diligently seek him. One thing we know about Enoch, though there's not much said about his life at all, is that number one, he pleased God, and number two, he must have had an enormous amount of faith because without faith it is impossible to please him. You can't please God at all until you put your faith in him, until you put your trust in him. And, and as we trust and believe in God and, and, and by faith trust him, uh, we please him. And there's, there's two characteristics of this kind of faith that he tells us about in, in verse 6. First of all, it says we must believe that he is. We must believe that he is. Take, a, take your Bibles, keep your finger here, and go to the book of, uh, go to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter... Chapter One, Peter was writing to some believers that were really under fire. Uh, they were under some persecution. There were difficulties. There was pressures upon them. And in 1 Peter six, or excuse me, First Peter one verse six, it says, "Wherein ye greatly rejoice." So now, for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls." Um, one of the things that, that uh, really makes God real to us is trials and difficulties and uh, tribulations. And I'm not talking about the tribulation, but I'm talking about just individual things that come into our lives. And the Bible says that, that they put their faith and they, their trust in Him... And when they did that, they were able to, they saw the Lord's hand. They saw the Lord's hand. And it is is so important for God to be real to us. And I I really believe one of the reasons why he puts us through the things that he he does is that he wants us to depend upon him. And he he wants us to believe that he is, that he is there, that he is for us, that uh, if we cry out to him, that, it, that he'll answer our cry. Um, you know, uh, we have never seen God. We've, we've never seen him face to face. But I'll tell you what, I have seen his footprints everywhere. In, the, in my life, I've seen his footprints in the lives of others. Uh, and, and oftentimes, those things come when there are difficulties, when there are lacks, when there are needs in our lives. And we cry out to God and then God so graciously answers those prayers and, uh, and takes care of our needs. Uh, we are serving someone who we won't see until either death or the Lord Jesus calls us, calls us home by, by a rapture. Uh, either one. You know what I'm looking forward to? You know, we've, we've talked about this, and, and I've heard people talk about, well, when I go to heaven, I'm going to do this, that, or the other thing. You know, the thing I believe you're going to desire more than anything else is just to see your Savior and to see him face-to-face for the first time because we, we serve someone whom we've never seen and we love someone whom, we, whom we've never seen. Someday we'll see him face-to-face. So the, the faith that pleases God first just believes that he is and then secondly believes that he is a rewarder of them that diligently... Seek Him. Um, Take your Bibles and go back to the book of Hebrews. And uh, Hebrews 11, look down in verse 13. Hebrews 11, verse 13. It says, "...these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth." Um, we need to, to believe that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, but not all the rewards come now. Not all the promises are fulfilled now. Uh, not all the promises are 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 uh, fulfilled immediately. But uh, you have seen you've grabbed a wholesome promise. If you've been saved for very long at all, you've grabbed a wholesome promises in that book. When when uh, needs came up in your life, and uh, and you saw God come through. I'll tell you, one of the things I appreciate probably probably more than just about any other attribute of God is, uh, and we sing it in the song that we sing around here, great is thy faithfulness. God is faithful. Uh, when he makes a promise, he will always come through on his promise. When, uh, when he says that he'll take care of you, he'll always take care of you. And, you know, just this year alone, this last, you know, we're, we're, we're coming up soon on March, and it will be about a year that uh, we've gone through this rigmarole with COVID. And there have been a lot of, lot of changes. N- you know, nobody likes changes. Nobody likes paradigm shifts, and there's been huge ones. And honestly, I think there's a whole bunch more coming. Uh, but, uh, but, but in spite of all of that, uh, this, this, i uh, probably within the last couple three weeks. I didn't do it before the first of the year, but after the first of the year, I started thinking about the blessings that we have received this, this last year, the blessings, not only as a church, but as an individual, there's some things, there's some ideas that God gave me. And, I, and, and I know me, I'm not an original guy. So if I got, I got an idea, it had to come from God. It didn't come from me. And, uh, and, and, and just some things that we have done differently and ways that we've been able to be a blessing and uh, ways that God has changed our minds on some things. And I don't mean changed our mind about doctrine or anything like that. I mean, uh, we were doing things one way and we needed to change it, do it a little bit differently. Um, I, you know, again, uh, we, we, had, we had Brother uh, Randy King with us Last February, and by the way, he's coming again this February. Even though we're not having a beast feast, he's still coming. We're going to have meetings with him and so forth. We haven't hammered all the details out yet, but uh, but he's you know he's going to come, and, and and I'm sure he'll be a blessing. But he was sitting around our kitchen table one night, and I uh, th- think it was just before he left, and he was telling me about he was telling me about uh, uh, how that uh, uh, there's a lot of churches been going to online giving. And I said, "Yeah, I'm not interested in that." And he says, "Well, he says, you know, he says one of the things I noticed, he says that every church that's gone to online giving that I've talked to, their offerings have gone up." And I said, "Well, bless their hearts, God bless them. Uh, I, we're not going to online giving. I, I'm sorry, we're just not doing it." That was in February. <laughs> About the middle of March, I went to I went to Aaron Beam. I says, "Aaron, we got to go to online giving," <laughs> and uh, it's. It's amazing how God will take that kind of stuff and, and use it to show you that, you know, sometimes we've got some sacred cows that, uh, that need to be slain. And, uh, and, and, and as long as it doesn't affect doctrine and, and things along those lines, well, then, then we need to do it. I still would rather give it an offering plate than I would online. I haven't used it yet. God bless you if you do. But, uh, but here's the thing. This last year, and you're going to see this at the business meeting, our offerings went up this year. I talked with a, a, another pastor uh, um, trying to think who I think it was Dave Barn, Barnhouse and uh, it was yesterday. And uh, I told him that you know uh, since we went to since covid hit really I didn't attribute it necessarily to online giving. Uh, just since covid hit we our offerings have gone up. And he says, "You know, he says I I've, I've talked to uh pastors all over the country and he says the the basic consensus is is that their their offerings have all gone up too you know what that is that's god just being faithful that's not us folks okay that's not us that's god that's god being faithful and that's god being a rewarder of them who diligently seek him uh you know it's it's uh, we need to realize that god is a promise keeper and uh, he says, he says uh, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. Uh, we, just recently, um, we just recently gave uh, $1,000 to Brother Fagali uh, back in November, I think it was, for the school. And then we took a special offering. And uh, uh, we we raised over four thousand, you know, over four thousand came in for that Christmas offering that we also sent. So we sent we sent them about five thousand bucks. Well, you know what that is? That's God. That's not us. That's God. But God says, "Give and it shall be given unto you." And I I looked at honestly, I. I looked, I, I'm, I'm starting to sound like Dave Corey now, Dave Sr. Uh, I, looked at, I looked at our, our uh, 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 financial report and I said, where in the world is this coming from? Well, I know where it's coming from. It's coming from God. God's doing it. Uh, why? Because he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Um, back years ago, there was a, a group. Sorry, I think it was a men's group. And I don't even know if they're even in existence anymore, but they were called promise keepers, promise keepers. Yo for promise keepers. Well, I got news. Uh, it's good to make promises to God and keep your vows, but I'll tell you what, the great, greatest promise keeper is God himself. <laughs> because when he makes a promise, he never goes back on it. And you can depend on it. And, and uh, he'll put us through situations and circumstances so that we can understand and see for ourselves that God has precedence over circumstances. There's some, probably all of us, are looking at this next particularly four years uh, and, uh, and, and what, what has happened in our government and so forth. And, you know, we've, we've said the, the sayings, you know, God is still on the throne and all that kind of stuff. Do you really believe that? Do you believe God's going to take care of you regardless? I do, I do. I've just come, to, I mean, I had, some, I had some doubts, I had some attitudes. But you know what pleases God is when we, we have faith in Him and trust Him and say, you know, Lord, regardless of what happens, this, this, this whole thing could end up in the dumpster uh, as far as our country goes. And uh, we could be heading in that direction. But you know what? I've still got a God who's faithful. I've got a God who can take care of me and will and has promised to watch. Now, it may not be the kind of care we've had in the past, but he'll make sure that we're fed and he'll make sure that there's a roof over our heads. He'll make sure that we're able to do those things which which, uh, are pleasing unto him. But we've got to have faith. That's the beginning. If you don't have that without faith, it's impossible to please him. Then, then uh, take your Bibles and turn to in the Old Testament to the book of Micah. Book of Micah. Micah chapter six. Micah chapter six. Faith pleases God, but there's another thing that pleases the Lord. Micah chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. Micah 6, 7 and 8 says, Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Of course, in the Old Testament, there was sacrifice upon sacrifice upon sacrifice that was given to God. But he's he's asking the question, will the Lord be pleased with those sacrifices? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He hath showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God? Uh, what God is pleased with is uprightness in, in, in our personal lives. Uh, you go back to the book of Job and uh, job was the Bible says he was a perfect and an upright man and God was pleased with him. How do I know that? Because when Satan presented him before uh, when he presented himself before the Lord one day in heaven he uh, God said to Satan, it wasn't Satan speaking first to God, God said to Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job? And because he was upright and because he was just, what he was doing is he was bragging on him. You know what I know about Job? Job was pleasing to God because he was doing that which was right. He was doing that which please the Lord. Take your, your Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians 4. And look down, in, in fact, we're going to read 12 verses. First 12 verses. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, furthermore, Then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us, how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to "...possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles, which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any manner, because that the Lord, the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you, and testified, for God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness." He therefore, that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. But as touching brotherly love ye need not that I, that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed ye do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia, but we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. And that she study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you that she may walk honestly toward them that are without and that she may have lack of nothing. Now, he said all that because in verse 1, he said, uh, furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that she... Ye, that ye, uh, uh, that, that and as ye have received of you, of us how ye ought to walk, and to please God, so you would you would abound more and more. And then he proceeds to tell them how they would please the Lord. In verses three through eight, he talks about holy and clean living. That pleases God. It pleases God when we and we're in we're in the middle of and it's it's a whole lot worse. I remember I remember what the world the overall world in in particularly in America was back in the fifties, and then I remember what it was like in the sixties, and then I remember what it was like in the seventies and the eighties and the nineties, and you know what? It's gotten worse and worse and worse. It's gotten filthier it's gotten dirtier i mean you can't anymore you can't hardly turn on a modern day movie today without without hearing all kinds of expletives and deletives and and uh uh, just just horrible language that people wouldn't have even listen back back in in the in the 50s there are things that are being said today in public around children women anybody in fact sometimes it many times it is the women that are saying as well as the men and and it is the kids saying it as well as the men and it's just you know it's just getting dirtier and dirtier and filthier and filthier god says listen i'm pleased when you're right in the middle of that filthiness and you purpose to keep yourself clean and you purpose to keep yourself holy you purpose to keep yourself different from the rest of the world. Now, you know, and we, we were talking about this in a deacons' meeting here just recently. One of the ways that you do that, actually, two things that we do, is we spend time in prayer and we spend time in the book. You know what? You know what I look at 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 prayer and reading the Bible is like taking a bath. Uh, you know, uh, there's 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 not a day that goes by that I don't take a shower, and sometimes especially in the summertime, take two, maybe sometimes three if it's really bad. Uh, And uh, uh, why? Well, because I don't want to be dirty. Well, you know what? You want to please God? Don't be dirty. Get yourself a bath. Uh, Take a spiritual bath. Spend some time in the Word. Spend some time in prayer. And and make some determinations to stay holy and to stay clean before God. And then verses 9 and 10 talks about harmony. Talks about harmony of the brethren. Um, could, you know, could God say of us what he says down in verse 9? He says, but as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write, uh, write unto you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. He says, he says I, don't, I don't really need to write you because you're doing it. I just want to see you do it more. Do, do we ex- excel and exceed in in loving the brethren do we care for each other yeah, you know in in your own home you know this morning getting ready for church how would you describe your home is it a place of peace or is it a place of war you know what god loves god's pleased with harmony He's pleased when when the, the brethren, I say the brethren and the cisterns uh, you know, get together and uh, and and uh, and and are of harmony and of one accord. And then down in, in verse verses 11 and 12, he talks about honesty. He, he gives gives some things that we'll do if we're honest <laughs> right off right off the bat. Look at verse 11. It says, in that she studied to be quiet." That's just a very nice way of saying, why don't you just shut up? Why don't you just close the lips? Um, we don't, you know, one of the things we need to learn is that it doesn't please God when we comment on everything. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, in the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. In other words, the more you speak, the more possibility of sin it, it, it proceeds from your lips. And uh uh we need to, to study and work at being quiet. We don't need to comment on everything. Uh, when Job went through his troubles, his friends violated that. Now, they were good for the first seven days. After that, they started picking on Job. And uh, their whole philosophy was, if you're going through trouble, it's because there's sin in your life. You need to get your, your heart right, and you're really a wretch. Well, Well, that was not the case, but... But, uh, you know, from their standpoint, they had everything figured out. You know, the things I've realized in life, the older I get, the more I realize I I've, I've don't have as much figured out as I thought I did. <laughs> I, I don't have everything, uh, you know, all categorized and, and figured out a, as I as thought that I did. And uh, uh, these fellas thought that they had Job all figured out. They were dead wrong. They weren't even, they weren't even close. And uh, uh, they, the problem was they really didn't have a heart of love uh, to Job, and they weren't, they weren't honest in their evaluation. Uh, under honesty, we need to do our own business. In other words, don't stick your nose in somebody else's. We need to work with our own hands. Uh, we need to be known for being diligent in work. And then we need to be a, a good testimony with the law so that That when people see us, they don't don't associate us with the rest of the world. One of the the blessings of COVID, really, and I mean this, I'm not just saying this, I I mean this with all my heart, one of the blessings of COVID is we can stick out by having a different reaction than the rest of the world is. The rest of the world's freaking out. And they are. You know why? You know why they're freaking out? Because they don't have a God. And you know what? When you and I freak out, we look just like them. And you know what? I don't think that pleases God at all. I really don't. He wants us to be different. He wants us to stand out. And by the way, the thing that's interesting about this, we read down through verse 12. Look in verse, verse 13. This is what the context is. He, he tells them, you need to please me. And uh, then he told, or you need to please God, and then he told them how to please God. Then in verse 13, he says, "'But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren,' Concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope for, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you, and on and on it goes. It talks about the, the fact that dead in Christ will first, and we which are alive and remain will rise. The context is just before the rapture. That's the context. He went right into the rapture. You know what God You know what pleases God right now is that we be holy and we be clean and we be honest and we have harmony one with another. Those things please God. Having a a godly life, having a clean life is something that pleases the Lord. And then the last thing I want to look at this morning, go to Colossians 1. Colossians one. By the way, we're talking about the fact that one day we're going to see him face to face. We don't know when that's going to be, but I'm telling you, uh, it's close. <laughs> it's close. Yeah, you say it's. You know, you say well, you could say it's closer than it ever was before. Well, duh, <laughs> every day is closer than it ever was before, but. Boy, you know, you'd have to be blind, deaf, and dumb uh, looking around not to realize that the coming of the Lord could be very, 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 very soon. Don't you want to meet him with clean hands? Don't you want to, you don't you want to meet him with a, a right kind of heart and a clean heart? I'm not talking about the, the, your salvation. I'm talking about if you are saved, don't you want to meet him? with a big smile on your face and a big smile on his face, and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Uh, if, if we're clean before him, that's possibility. If we're not, that's not. Colossians chapter one, uh, verses nine, 10, and 11. It says, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that she might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. In other words, our walk needs to please the Lord, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Um, it's, it says that we need to have knowledge, and then that knowledge needs to turn into wisdom and then understanding and then we need to walk properly and we're, we'll have fruitful work we'll have fruitful works and then we'll, in, we'll increase it more knowledge and we'll go through the cycle all over again and be strengthened but it's God says those things are pleasing to him it's pleasing to him when God's people are obedient uh, just knowing what to do isn't enough but doing that which we're supposed to do before God, is pleasing to Him. Go to, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians 2. Look at the first four verses. It says, for, for yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. But even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated... As you, as you know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of our God with much contention. For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile, but as we are allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. Um, he, he, he said that he was willing to, to, to speak to speak things, they were willing to speak out even to their own hurt. Uh, other, other people might not think well of them, but it was pleasing to God. Uh, they weren't, They weren't guilty of just uh, just just uh, going through the motions, but they spoke out. They didn't just live the life. they spoke out and told them what they needed to hear. and, uh, and, and they, they didn't speak up, uh, uh, because they were trying to please God, they trying to please man, they spoke up because they were trying to please God. They didn't care what men thought, they cared what the Lord thought. And uh, the Bible says we ought to speak the truth in love. And honestly, the, 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 the love has to start with God first. And as we speak the truth, we speak it in love, And we tell others what they need to hear, whether they they enjoy hearing it or not. That pleases the Lord. Go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3. We need to be obedient. Colossians 3.20 says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. You know, it says over in the book of Ephesians that it's the first commandment with promise. And over here it says, it's also pleasing unto the Lord. You know, uh, something that, that pleases, pleases God is children obeying parents. Uh, why? Well, because it's a training ground for children obeying God. Uh, if children won't obey mom and dad, the likelihood of them obeying God later on in life is very, very dim and that's why you see the problems we have in our society today against the police against uh, school teachers against anyone who's in authority because they haven't obeyed god in the home or they haven't obeyed their parents in the home and so to obey other authorities later and obeying god later on in life just isn't going to happen and so when children uh, obey the lord god is pleased go to go to 1st corinthians chapter 12 1st corinthians 12 just having a life that's just obedient to god is pleasing to him 1st corinthians chapter 12 and look with me down in verse 18 1 Corinthians 12, 18, it says, But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. God was pleased to make you the way he did. God was pleased to give you the abilities that you have. God is pleased to give you the spiritual abilities that you have. And he has placed you exactly where you are for a particular purpose. Now, here's my question. Are we we pleasing God by fulfilling that purpose? Um, You know, why why are you here? You're here to please God. Why are you here? Uh, Well, because God's got something for you to do. And we need to be faithful in fulfilling that which, which God has planned for us. And again... This is all part of obedience. These are are things that if we just just simply do these three things, they will please God every time. Uh, Faith pleases God. Uprightness pleases God. And being obedient pleases the Lord. Now, with with that in mind, let's close with Isaiah chapter 53. Go with me to Isaiah 53. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 10. This is a verse that I don't think I've ever been able to really wrap around. But I know it and I believe it. It's a difficult verse for me. It's a difficult verse for me to read. Um, Because I, I, I know who it was for. Look at verse, of course, this, this whole, this chapter has to do with the Lord Jesus Christ and why he eventually came to this earth. And in verse, uh, in verse 10, it says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. I I, I struggle with it pleased the Lord to bruise him. I, I don't mean that I doubt it. I, I don't doubt it for five seconds. But I know why he got bruised. He got bruised for me. He got bruised for you. He hung on that cross for us. And the Father was pleased. Now, I'm sure his heart was torn because he's, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And yet the Bible says he was pleased. Why? Because he knew the benefit that would come upon us. By his stripes we're healed. He was bruised for our iniquities. You know, the more more I realize what pleases God, the more I realize that my Oftentimes my values and my thinking is is out of whack. And if we see what God was willing to do and what pleased him in sending Jesus to die on the cross for us. Once a person trusts Jesus Christ as Savior. Once a person realizes they're a sinner on their way to hell and the only way they can go to heaven is by putting all their faith and trust in him. And they cry out to him for salvation. You know what? It really, there ought to be something in your heart that says, now that I'm saved, now that I believed on him, man, I want to please him. I want to put a smile on his face. I want to bring the one who died for me and went through all that he did. I want to bring him pleasure. we got to know what brings him pleasure and we found out this morning it pleases god when we're obedient it pleases god when uh when we are uh when we're upright and it pleases god when we just have faith and trust and believe in him let's bow our heads for prayer father i pray that you'd instill in our hearts this morning a desire and that desire just to please you you've been so good to us you've been so faithful you've been so kind those of us that have trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior we know that our sins are forgiven we know that uh, our soul is made clean by the blood of the lamb what a blessing that is but it came with a price And, Lord, you had a desire, and your desire was to save us. For those of us that have trusted Christ as Savior, we ought to have a desire. And that desire ought to be to please you. Lord, I pray for anyone that might be within the sound of my voice this morning that does not know Christ as Savior. Lord, that they would would realize that there's a day when they're going to face you there's a day when they're gonna come face to face with the living God. A God who was pleased to bruise his own son and then that gift was rejected by some who refused to trust you as savior. God, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation, whoever it might be, and I pray, Lord, you'd get a hold of our hearts to save, save people that we'd realize that uh, there are some specific things that please you. And may we have a desire in our hearts to please you in all things. Bless this invitation. Speak to our hearts as you do. God, may we respond to you accordingly. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together.